Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. Oh my gosh, we've got so much to talk about this week. Obviously, the Premier League has officially finished. Obviously, Manchester City are the champions. We knew they were going to be the champions. We've got some top four places to talk about, as well as obviously there's been Championship, League One, League Two playoffs and National League. That's still very much going on. Are there any playoffs or anything just yet? Uh, no, no, still playing. Right, so they're still going. And yeah, we've had loads of announcements. Several managers are going to be leaving clubs. Rory Hodgson, Rui Patricio, Sam Allardyce. And United Kingdom got zero points in the Eurovision Song Contest, which I made you watch. How did you feel about that? That was awful. <laughs> um, but surely England in the Euros are going to do much better than we did in the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, yeah. Come on, just hopefully. About, just about. So I'll start off by talking about the Premier League. And like I said, obviously Manchester City, top, amazing. Man United were always going to be second. The main one really was the top four finish. You had Liverpool, Chelsea... And Leicester were fifth going into the final day. And it did stay that way. But that's not to say that it wasn't dramatic at all, because it was very dramatic. At one point, Chelsea weren't going to be in it. Liverpool always actually were pretty comfortable when we watched the match when they were against Crystal Palace. And when they got the first goal, you never, apart from the first 10 minutes, they never really looked like they were going to lose the match. So it finished with, obviously, Liverpool getting in third Chelsea then came in fourth despite losing 2-1 at Villa Park. So it actually left the door open for Leicester. And even though they did go up, they were leading twice in the match against Tottenham Hotspur. They ended up losing 2-4. And very interestingly, the commentator has said that they're the team that spent the most time in the top four than anyone else this whole season, which at first I was like, how's that possible? But then you made a really good point that actually a lot of those teams have been quite up and down this season, I suppose, Dad. Yeah, Leicester have been consistent, so it's a shame they missed out on the top four, actually. Yeah, real shame, especially after what happened last season. Again, they kind of choked. I know COVID kind of threw everyone off, but they're both seasons they've really missed out on those top four places. So Chelsea will be relieved very much because it was a disappointing performance at Villa Park. Um, but obviously Liverpool will be absolutely chuffed. They've been on a fantastic run of form. And you've got to say, based by how many games and the run that have been on in the last month or two months, they almost do deserve to get back in those top four places. They didn't really give up. So Leicester, like I said, finishing fifth. Um, got to say that sixth is West Ham. Four points off Liverpool in third. Four points off Liverpool. So, you know, West Ham will be absolutely delighted with that. They won 3-0 versus Southampton, so it's a brilliant end to the season for them. And then just going to go through the top 10. Seventh was Spurs. Eighth is Arsenal. Ninth is Leeds. That is brilliant. They moved ahead of Everton after their 3-1 win versus West Brom. And then Everton, like I said, have finished in 10th and they got absolutely hammered 5-0 against Manchester City. So I suppose looking at that Premier League table, look at Leeds. They've got to be delighted, those Leeds fans, surely, Dad, that, you know, they've come ahead of Everton and they're just behind Spurs and Arsenal. Not bad going. Oh, they've done a, had a brilliant and good to watch as well. Yeah, really entertaining. Also, you've got to say Manchester City finishing the whole Premier League on an absolute high. 5-0. Do you know, it's brilliant that Aguero got a brace. He's leaving, obviously, at the end of the season. Tenth season, I think it is. Always been there for 10 years. So, fantastic to see Aguero getting a couple of goals. Golden Boot, talking about strikers. Harry Kane, he's sealed it. 23 goals. Beat Mo Salah, just pipped into it. So, he's got the Golden Boot. Golden Gloves gone to Edison. Um, whilst we're talking about Man City and strikers, very simple yes or no, do you think at some point 
within now and we'll go October, November. Will Harry Kane be in a Manchester City shirt, do you think? Uh, yes. Me too. And then, like I said, Roy Hodgson leaving. Shame that Crystal Palace lost on his final game. Rui Patricio, he lost on his final game. And Sam Allardyce actually lost on his final game as well. So not really great end to the seasons for those three leaving managers. Roy Hodgson, has he said he's he's going to continue coaching or are we thinking he's taking a step back from managing full stop? I think he'll get offers, but I think he's uh, I think he's retiring, hopefully. Brew Patricio, will he stay in the Premier League or go back to Portugal? I think he might go back to Portugal, possibly, or Europe somewhere. And Sam Allardyce, do you reckon, is he going to still be the manager they go to for people potentially in the Premier League struggling? Or yeah, yeah, I think they might. Somebody halfway through the season, watch him at Christmas, get a job perhaps. I mean, we'll be talking about more about the Premier League and the whole season and stand-up players later on, maybe next couple of weeks coming up in the podcast. But that was the main real news from the Premier League. Really entertaining. Final day, 31 goals. Not bad. And there were no nil-nil draws. So that's what everyone wants to see. And the fans are in the stadium. So couldn't get much better, really, for a final day's worth of football, unless you were a Leicester City fan, that is. So that's the roundup from the Premier League. Championship coming to an exciting conclusion uh, with the playoffs. So, first player to look at Bournemouth versus Brentford. So that kicked off on Monday at the Vitality Stadium. First leg, couple of thousand fans in. Got to remember Brentford finished third, ten points clear of Bournemouth. So they're probably favoured. But as an even match settled by Arnott Danjuna, uh, who the Dutch winger got the only goal of the game. So Bournemouth one nil. Jonathan Woodgate was nervous. He was saying about a one nil lead going back to Griffin Park on Saturday but that was the score David Raya had a good uh, David Raya a good game for Brentford in goal so Saturday was set up to be a good match at Griffin Park 4,000 fans and it was a cracking match Bournemouth went two up an aggregate in the fifth minute Gronveld got the goal um, so then at that point they were looking uh, pretty strong but then a controversial handball so Ivan Tony yet again score 16th minute penalty Tony and Bergovic then had a bit of a wrestling match, trying to get the ball off him. Uh, so that was a bit of a bit of excitement. And then the 28th minute, the defining moment of the match, Chris Meppham brought down Brian Mouba and Umo. Clear, he was clear on goal, so he got a straight red, uh, which sort of put the pressure back on to Bournemouth, that's for sure. Janelt in 50 and Force in 81 settled it for, uh, for Brentford. Overall, Brentford through, head coach Thomas Frank, Danish 47-year-old looks pretty confident, I think, going into the final. Uh, he's managed a couple of Denmark uh, youth teams, Bromby for a couple of years and been at Brentford actually since 2018, so he's doing a good job there. Brentford lost in last season's playoff to Fulham the season before they finished 11th, so Brentford desperate to get into the uh, get into the Premiership. The second uh, match to focus on Sheffield, sorry, not Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Swansea versus Barnsley. Two points between them, very close. Swansea, Barnsley hadn't scored against Swansea in the previous two matches. Uh, and that's how it stayed. The Orkwell was the first tie, 4,000 fans in. First time fans in the ground for 441 days. And Barnsley played this real high press. But didn't matter how high they pressed, they couldn't get a goal. So it was an even game, 50% more or less each. Andre Ayew scored the winner, 39th minute, a good goal apparently. Uh, an unstoppable left-footed effort. So Swansea left up well with a 1-0 lead back to the Liberty Stadium. Again, 3,000 fans in. Got to remember Swansea were relegated from the Premier League three years ago. A very close game, only five shots on target. 
two for Swansea and three for Bournemouth. Uh, Matt Grimes in the 39th minute shortened the scoring for Swansea. The second half, Barnsley piled the pressure on. Woodrow scored to make it 2-1 on aggregate, but that was how it ended. So Barnsley, unfortunately, not through, and uh, Swansea through. Got to remember, of course, that uh, Barnsley really uh, pushed towards the end of the season. They were uh, in October when Ishmael arrived, the manager. They were 21st in the table. Wow! Uh, so it's incredible just how uh, how well they did, really. And next season be interesting. They're going to play this high press game again, um, see how they get on. So they'll be one to watch next year, that's for sure. So yeah, so that was the uh, in the uh, championship. So two successful teams, Swansea and Brentford. Come on, then you've got to call it. Who do you think is going to win it, Brentford or Swansea? Well, I thought Swansea from the very start, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think it'll go to extra time, possibly even penalties. So I think it's difficult to call. I'd just go Swansea, but Brentford Ooh, will be uh, okay. Brentford will be incredibly uh, disappointed. Swansea uh, and Brentford met in last season's semi-final, actually. First leg was 1-0 to Swansea, and then Brentford came out 3-1 in the second leg. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, so there's history there. But, uh, yeah, two good teams, either of them worthy of going up. You'd probably say Brentford are the stronger team, but Mm -hmm. I think Swansea might just uh, sneak it. What about you? Who do you think? Well, I, as in, I personally would love to see Brentford in the Premier League because I think, was it Neil Mope they had? Then they lost him and then they had Ollie Watkins. Then they lost him. And obviously now they've got Ivan Tony. And it'll be great for them to actually keep a prolific striker and take him into the Premier League rather than have someone from the Premier League take their strikers. So I, I personally would love to see Brentford. Um, and I think, I think they'll win it. I'm going to go Brentford. So it'll be interesting either way. Right, rant this week. So... We were talking about this actually off the podcast when we were watching one of the matches and it's brilliant to see the fans back in the stadiums. However, midweek you had Tottenham versus Villa at Spurs and um, it was 1-1 at half time and was it you were watching it and mum was in the background and she wondered why they were playing booing sound effects because we're so used to hearing the sound effects and at which point you had to remind her that actually it wasn't sound effects it was the actual crowd booing and I just think you've waited so long to get back into stadiums yes obviously there's a lot going on and the fans have had a voice and it's brilliant and you know some of these peaceful protests have been fantastic but to boo your own team off at half time when we've not watched football, live football for a whole year, do you reckon that was a bit uncalled for? Uh, yeah, it was a bit strange, really. I'm just not sure necessarily, you know, it's great to have fans back. And I suppose naturally football, we are passionate, our, our fans and um, things like this does happen. So, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit disappointing. But that's my rant. What about you, Dad? Um, mine's actually Tottenham versus well, funnily enough, okay. and it's about the whole... Harry Kane thing, and I think uh, you just you'd like to hope that uh, Daniel Levy and the uh, powers that be at Tottenham will be honourable. I mean, Kane's been incredibly faithful to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's absolutely stayed there probably as long as he can. He wants to leave now, so you'd like to hope that uh, after all the shenanigans recently with the Super Cup and the way in which they embarrassed, embarrassed themselves with that, that at least they'll uh, not embarrass themselves and let Kane go gracefully, get the right amount of cash for him, fair enough. But if it ends up being delayed and Levy gets all messy yeah. over it, I think that'd just be really poor. So uh, let's look forward to Daniel Levy in the Tottenham hierarchy, making it easy for Harry Kane to leave.
know League One, obviously we had League One playoffs and it was Blackpool versus Oxford United and Sunderland versus Lincoln City. Like I said, Blackpool-Oxford, it was always going to be a tough one, but Blackpool won 6-3 on aggregate altogether. Uh, I think it was their first leg that really put them straight ahead in the lead and made it very hard for Oxford United to come back into it. And they scored six goals across the two legs, sorry, five different goal scorers. So still really on that great run of form that they had going into the two matches. So it now means that they are undefeated in their last six games. And they're straight through to the player finals for Neil Critchley and the team. Ten years since they were in the Premier League, Blackpool. Obviously, that was when they were with Ian Holloway. Since then, I kind of forgotten. It's been a real roller coaster for Blackpool fans. They've been all the way down to League Two. Obviously, now back up to League One. So this is their fourth season in League One, and yeah, they definitely deserve to be in those playoff places. But I haven't really spoken about them too much this year. They've been one of those teams that just gradually from Christmas onwards, just gradually been working their way up the table. So, yeah, really exciting that Blackpool are going to be in that final. And Sunderland versus Lincoln City was the other semi-final. And it was very, very tight affair, but it finished 3-2 to Lincoln on aggregate. Very disappointing for Sunderland, their third season in League One. But brilliant, obviously, from Lincoln City, who four seasons ago were in the National League. Both teams have kind of been on the similar pattern, really, this whole season, having like really good spells and wobbly spells and just not really ever finding that consistency. Sunderland will be absolutely gutted. But again, a fantastic result for Lincoln. So it ties it all up nicely for Sunday, the 30th of May, 3 p.m. You've got the League One final playoffs, Blackpool versus Lincoln City. So the two of them met back in October, obviously, 3-2 to Lincoln at Bloomfield Road when George Grant converted two penalties. It was a very dramatic match. Actually, both matches were really dramatic. It was two goals in four minutes from Lincoln, uh, shortly followed by James Husband from Blackpool getting a red card. And then in April, it finished 2-2. And again, it was another late comeback from Lincoln. Obviously, Blackpool didn't win either matches. However, I think I said that I was going to pick whoever won Blackpool versus Oxford would eventually win the whole thing. So I'm still sticking with Blackpool. But I was looking at the two managers, quite different. I mean, they're similar ages. I think Neil Critchley might be 43, Appleton might be 45, but quite different CVs per se. Um, Neil Critchley for Blackpool has only managed Liverpool under 23s um, and Blackpool since March 2020. So he really hasn't been at too many clubs or been in these kind of situations before. Whereas Michael Appleton, he's officially managed five clubs and been the caretaker of two, which is West Brom and Leicester. Um, interestingly, he's managed Portsmouth, Blackpool, Oxford, obviously Lincoln and Blackburn. Obviously, us being Blackburn Rovers fans, I'm not aware of that at all. Do you remember that spell? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but to his main spell has been at, at Oxford. Um, 173 matches he got he did there and he got them promoted to League One. So he does that have experience of getting a team up, whereas Neil Critchley, like I said, only really managed two teams. However, I'm still going to call it that I think Blackpool are going to win that one. Who do you think is going to be winning that one? Yeah, i got Blackpool as well, actually. Yeah, so either way, again, it's going to be really, really exciting match for League One. So League Two playoffs, uh, first one, Tranmere versus Morecambe, all North Affair. Uh, of course, Morecambe never been in the third tier, 101 years. 
and uh, never been up into the uh, into the first division or League One rather. So they finished fourth, five points clear of Tranmere and six goal difference better off. First leg at Prenton Park, three thousand fans. Interesting Tranmere. There's a bit of a recurrence here in the other match, but Tranmere have got a caretaker boss at the moment, Ian Dawes, for these uh, playoffs. But the opener for uh, Morecambe came from Percival in the 15th minute. Uh, four minutes later, Tramier equalised Peter Clark. But the winner on the stroke of half-time from Liam McLinden uh, meant that it all finished Morecambe 2, Tramier 1. Tramier had 75% possession. Seven corners versus three for Morecambe. But uh, don't matter how much possession you have, it's the score that counts. So Morecambe went into the second leg uh, with a 2-1 advantage. Aaron Wilding opened the score in the ninth minute for Morecambe uh, and at half-time it was 1-0. But Tramier came back, David Nugent, who's been around a long time, came on a sub, nodded on to Vaughan, making it 1-1. Again, Tramier dominated towards the end, but Morecambe hung on. 2,000 fans at the Mazuma Stadium. So, yeah, so Morecambe went through on, uh, on the, over the two legs. Incredible to think that last season they finished 22nd just out of the relegation zone, 18th the season before, 22nd the season before. So they've been, every year they've been struggling terribly. Like I said, they've never been up to the third tier before in 101-year history. So uh, that 3-2 wins makes it brilliant, actually. The Mazuma Stadium, they replaced Christie Park formerly the Globe Arena and they were at Christie Park which I remember for 89 years I don't remember all those 89 years by the way <laughs> uh, manager Derek Adams done a brilliant job obviously uh, Scottish 45 year old talked about him a couple of weeks ago been there since November 2019 really excited he's been in the playoffs before with Wimbledon uh, sorry with Plymouth who lost to Wimbledon then he got them promoted the following season so he's got some good uh, good experience of that sort of stuff and then the second match Forest Green Rovers versus Newport Again, Forest Green could get the first time into League One. First tie was at Newport, 900 fans. They finished level on points, of course, in fourth and fifth place. Uh, Newport won it up in the 31st minute, Matt Dolan. And then the second goal, Lewis Collins. Interesting, there's two brothers on the pitch, the Collins brothers. The guy for Forest Green Rovers, Aaron Collins, the older brother, uh, missed a chance and uh, the ball went up the other end and his younger brother Lewis Collins scored a goal oh really so uh, yeah 2-0 to Newport uh, Forest Green 10th last season Tranmere were relegated of course so interesting Rodney Parade would have been buzzing with just 900 fans in there they share it with uh, Newport Rugby Football Club and apparently it's the second second oldest sports venue in the league with Preston Deepdale being uh, the second oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so quite interesting. So it was all set up nicely for the second leg, which was the last uh, last playoff game of the weekend and they saved the best till last, that's for sure. It was an absolute cracking tie, Forest Green versus Newport. Weather was horrendous, absolute torrential rain, blowing a gale. Lucky to get the match finished, really, it was that bad. Forest Green came straight out of the traps, incredible, 2-0 up within 10 minutes, two goals in a minute, uh, which meant that it was 2-2 uh, on aggregate. And, uh, I mean, from that point onwards, it was just a cracking match. Half-time stayed 2-0. Then it was backwards and forwards in the second half. Ended up full-time 4-2. Goodness me. Uh, which went into extra time. So the only one of the uh, playoffs that went into extra time. Uh, and a very, very late goal from Nicky Maynard. Made it 4-3 to Newport. 119th minute. And that's how it stayed. So 4-3 at the end of the extra time. Which meant that uh, Newport go through to the final. Uh, Ellison, the keeper, had a good game, 42 years old, oldest keeper ever in playoff history. Uh, and Newport really set now for a final against Morecambe. 
both teams on good form should be should be a cracking final so the last final so I'm fancying probably Newport just about what do you think um I'm thinking well I want Morecambe I suppose I'm fancying Morecambe but if you look at their history I think Newport have won the last three meetings in the league so Newport are definitely going to go in as favourites but I'm going to say Morecambe I'm going to go for the underdog but yeah the best game of the weekend from the playoffs and then the National League came to an exciting conclusion this week we got to our nearly conclusion. The, the relegation battle still on. Wheelston lost 4-1 at home to Solihull Moors and Wrexham beat Kingsland 5-3. So we're still in a position where Kingsland look favourites to go down, but it's one from Kingsland, Wheelston and Walking. Yeah, but the title's been decided, so Sutton beat Hartlepool's 3-0. So after 123 years, this will be their first time in the league. Amazing, wow. really. A thousand fans at Gander Green Lane. Stadium will be in the uh, in the League Two next season. Might get the chance to go there. Seven thousand capacity. Uh, a tenth of that is seated. So goals from Milsom, John, and Aloafi. Sutton boss Matt Gray, thirty-nine years old. Fantastic, really. What a great achievement for Sutton. So uh, yeah, trip to Gander Green Lane next season, perhaps. Playoffs still to be decided. So we've got that weird thing with two of the teams getting into the automatic playoff places. That's going to be between Torquay, Stockport, and Hartlepool. And then two of those will, sorry, one of those will drop back into the normal playoffs and share that with Notts County, Wrexham, Chesterfield, Bromley, Eastleigh and Halifax. So my rave for the week, like I said, we've had so many matches and playoffs and I feel like we always talk about VAR. But actually, from the playoffs that I've been watching on TV, you know, Championship League 1, League 2, I've got to say that I found the refereeing to be really, really good. You know, we, we tend to give the refs or VAR a fair bit of stick. But it was very refreshing to watch a match that didn't have VAR. There didn't seem to be, for most of the matches that I watched, too many dramatic moments. Or the dramatic moments that did happen, the refs seemed to manage it really well. You know, there was a lot of penalties in some of the matches and the fans were in. So there's so much more pressure for referees, I think, having those fans in. Um, just League One, for example, there was 14 goals across the two legs. So there was a lot going on. And from the referees that I saw, Robert Madley being one, obviously the brother of Andrew Madley, who we see in the Premier League a fair bit. Um, I just think the referees seem to have handled some situations really well and not let the pressure of the occasion get to them and the fans. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to celebrate the job that especially those referees are doing without VR for the championship below. Yeah, it's very refreshing. Do you think it's going to be hard for those championship teams, you know, Norwich, Watford and potentially whoever it's going to be from Brentford and Swansea to go from not having VAR to then going into the Premier League with VAR, does that take a fair bit of adjusting for them, do you reckon? I guess, I guess Norwich and Watford are used to it from the previous season, yeah. but um, yeah, Brentford or Swansea, yeah, it'd be quite interesting, actually. So, yeah, that's my rave, giving the referees a bit of a uh, shout-out. So, yeah, what about you? Oh, that's unusual, isn't it? Referees getting uh, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, I've got two things, really. One is okay. uh, the new opportunity to get new faces into different divisions, so that whole thing about Morecambe, getting their big chance to go up. And you could see it with the fans just how excited they are to be able to do that. And then Sutton, I'm sure there was incredible celebrations for the Sutton mm -hmm. to be able to get into the league after 100 and odd years waiting. So I think that's really exciting. And uh, we shouldn't let today pass without, I think you mentioned it before, but Roy Hodgson, 73 yeah. years old, 
illustrious career. He only got sacked by one team, which was Blackburn. Terrible. That is bad. But uh, yeah, so what a brilliant <laughs> career and uh, always very humble, uh, always very polite, old-fashioned manager. So yeah, well done, Roy Hodgson, and go and have a rest, mate. Partner of the week. I was tempted to go with Roy Hodgson. Have you gone for Roy Hodgson? No, I haven't. Oh, no. sorry. I thought I thought you'd look at me like you had. I've gone for Liverpool's Reese Williams, the defender. Don't think we've picked him for our Barnet of the Week yet. And I was looking, I was thinking, he's got a great Barnet. He's got some quite tight, curly locks going on, which have gone quite crazy at the top. But again, like most players, he's kept it very trimmed back at the sides. So he definitely stood out for having a pretty decent, curly Barnet. Reese Williams, for me... Who's your Barnet? Well, mine are going back to the playoffs and back to Brentford and the team who may be uh, getting into the uh, top league, hopefully, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got uh, this manager, Thomas Frank, who's Danish and stylish yeah, with his uh, floppy centre part and looks proper. I don't know if he's typical Danish, but it looks proper typical <laughs> continental. Yeah. Doesn't look typical necessarily yeah. anything else but yeah so I think uh, Thomas Frank well worth a look well you had Ivan Tony from Brentford last week and now you got their manager you're, you're enjoying the Brentford Barnet I'm are you? liking the Brentford Barnets yeah so ones to watch obviously the Premier League is all done and dusted however it isn't for the Premier League fans because there's a lot of England teams in play this week because it's all the European finals. So Wednesday, 8pm, you've got the Europa League final, Villarreal versus Man United. Man United had a great result today, actually, and they seem to put out a bit for B team, rested the main players, Rashford, Bruno, Pogba, Cavani. Um, go on, Villarreal versus Man United. United, yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. I think they deserve it, definitely. And then Saturday, 8pm, the Big E as well. Champions League final, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Obviously, they're both going to be in the Champions League anyway next season. Huge trophy. Yeah, who do you reckon? City. I would agree. So potentially, this time next week, Manchester fans for both sides could be, you know, having a great time. But we shall see. So those are my ones to watch. And there's, I presume, you're going to be mentioning all the finals. Yeah, so I've covered off the uh, Brentford versus Swansea final. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. And uh, the other thing is, of course, the uh, National League still got a couple of games to go. Uh, one game and then some of the teams have got an extra game to pick up. But talked about the um, all the teams that could possibly get into the playoffs, and uh, four of them play each other, so those are very exciting. Bromley versus Notts County, and then a um, a real sort of old-fashioned teams who were both in the league not that long ago, Halifax versus Chesterfield. So that'll be a really uh, interesting match. So yeah, some good stuff to look forward to in the in the national league as well. Right, that's it for this week. We will be back next week. So we've still got loads more to round up as well. So we're saying farewell to Roy Hodgson, Sam Allardyce, Rio Patricio, Manchester City, obviously champions. And interestingly, Leicester City have failed to get into those champion league spots. But we will be back next week and we shall see you then. And thank you very much for listening.